Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Josh Noble. Today we're looking at Brazil's rainforest, sometimes referred to as the Earth's lungs because of the carbon dioxide it absorbs and the oxygen it breathes out. Leslie Hook, our environment correspondent, spoke to Joe Leahy, our Brazil bureau chief, about fears that a Bolsonaro presidency will undermine environmentalist efforts to preserve the forest and its wealth of biodiversity. So, Joe, what's the situation at the moment when it comes to deforestation in Brazil? The situation at the moment on deforestation is it hit a peak around 2008 of around 27,000 square kilometres a year, and it's since come down sharply over the past 10 years or so. So it's much lower than it used to be, but still there's a sort of a persistent amount of deforestation that's still going on, mostly by illegal miners, loggers, and unethical ranchers. A minority, we should say, of agricultural producers, a small minority, but still very persistent, and there's a lot of land conflict going on on the edge of the Amazon that's feeding this deforestation. Now, I understand that the Amazon rainforest contains about 100 billion tonnes of carbon, which is sort of 10 times global fossil fuel emissions. Can you just explain in a nutshell why the Amazon is so important to the environment? The Amazon, ironically enough, is the main source of emissions in Brazil because it contains so much carbon. If you deforest it, you're unleashing that carbon into the atmosphere. So the Amazon's a huge carbon bank, and it serves as a major system for controlling the atmosphere, not just in South America, but also globally. And one of the key points in Brazil, and one of the reasons why Brazil has tried to control deforestation from its own interest, is that they believe that the Amazon is a source of much of the rain that feeds the tropical agricultural power of Brazil. Jair Bolsonaro has said he wants to curb excessive policing by the country's environmental agency, and he's gained a lot of support from the farmers' lobby. What exactly does he mean when he says that? Well, he talks about an industry of fines. So he talks about the main environmental agency, Obama, and the National Parks Agency, which is called ICM Bio. He talks about these as having a a kind of an industry of fines where they just go out and fine farmers for the sake of it to try to produce revenue for the federal government. And this is very popular among farmers. Farmers in Brazil are held to account according to a forest code, which limits how much they're allowed to deforest. And these limits can be quite severe. Up in the Amazon region, you're only allowed to deforest 20% of your land in some areas. In the south, it's much more relaxed in the south of Brazil, where widespread agriculture has been present for much longer. So he's appealing to the farmers on that account. There is a point to his complaints. Brazil is a very bureaucratic country and environmental regulations are no different. But the danger of what he's talking about here is to try to pull Obama back from doing its job. And that could be very risky for not only the Amazon, but the other Brazilian biomas, such as the Atlantic Forest, which is in the southeast of Brazil, and the Cerrado, which is where a lot of the soy farming happens in Brazil. So in addition to reining in Obama, as you've just described, what other measures has he talked about that would have big impacts on the environment? The regulations on Obama, these are the main ones, the supervision of Obama and ECM Bio, these are the major ones. But one of the other key things that he's talked about is combining the Ministry of Agriculture with the Ministry of the Environment and putting in charge of that super ministry a farmer or an agriculture representative. In doing such a thing, he would be observing a long tradition in Brazil, which is 
putting the fox in charge of the hen coop. So it would be tantamount to basically subordinating the environment to agricultural interests. And this is something that's got people very, very concerned in environmental circles. If you had to sort of summarise farmers' attitude toward deforestation and preserving the rainforest, what are farmers' views in general on these deforestation policies? Farmers in general in Brazil, most of them will tell you they're against further deforestation, illegal deforestation. So they have the forest code, which I mentioned earlier, which requires them to protect the streams on their properties and not deforest a minimum of vegetation. And most of them say that they respect that law. They just want to see it implemented. But the backside of that law is that it does allow deforestation. So, for instance, if you are in the south of Brazil and the limit is, for instance, 20% of your land has to be protected, if you have 40% that's forest, you can deforest that other 20%. So farmers in Brazil champion this law that they have to protect the environment. But the other side of that is that the law does actually allow a little bit of deforestation. And there's a lot of ways of sort of bending it. And if you don't have very strict supervision, you know, it's very hard to sort of catch them. So under Bolsonaro, farmers are hoping that they'll get an easing of these restrictions. And they believe that if Bolsonaro can get these regulatory agencies off their backs, they'll be able to do that easier with fewer fines. Also, if the environmental ministry is subordinated to the agricultural ministry, they believe they'll be able to get other things such as insecticides and other things approved more easily. The danger, of course, is that if you remove the supervision, the less ethical farmers and other sectors of the rural community, illegal loggers, illegal miners, they will also take their cue and we could see a massive increase in deforestation of the Amazon. Outside of Brazil, is there a risk of uh, consumer backlash if Bolsonaro eases environmental standards? Yeah, one of the big risks for Brazilian agriculture, and this is why when we talk about Brazilian agriculture, we're not talking about a uniform group of people. So the ones who are very excited about a chance of illegally deforesting are probably smaller farmers or less ethical operators on the frontiers of farmlands of Brazil. But the larger operators, the larger farmers, the trading companies value these environmental protections because this allows them to sell Brazilian soybean and Brazilian beef with some level of stamp of approval in terms of the environment. If they lose that, that could be very damaging for Brazilian sales in developed countries, especially of beef. It's already a big problem to trace products coming out of Brazil, especially meat, but also soy. And if you suddenly start to have a lot of deforestation, that's going to really cloud the Brazilian brand. The other thing that's bad for Brazil in general is over recent years, it's actually developed a very good image in terms of its efforts to protect the environment. If it suddenly again gets this image of deforestation and the things that come with deforestation, which include land conflict, murder, confiscation of lands from Indians, genocide of Indian tribes, this is not a good thing for the Brazilian image and it's not really good for Brazilian business as well. That's a rather grim picture, but on a more hopeful note, Joe, you've written about a project to map the DNA sequences of species that are in the Amazon River Basin. What are the aims of this project and who are its backers? Yeah, this is a project that's being coordinated by the World Economic Forum and a Peruvian entrepreneur, Juan Carlos Castillo Hubio. And the aim of it is to map all the biological assets of the Amazon and codify their rights of usage for industry and researchers in blockchain to do all of this by 2020. And the idea is to try to capture the intellectual property that's embedded in the Amazon and try to use that commercially. But the key thing here is that the proceeds of this use should go back to the communities that live in the Amazon, the traditional communities, conservation funds, and the governments that are actually in the Amazon. And the way that they want to do that is that using blockchain 
and uh, special contracts, they'll be able to trace the usage of this information around the world. And those who use it, once they have proceeds or once they make a profit from this information, will have to pay it back in some form. So it's an extremely ambitious project backed by a lot of scientists around the world. And it's, a, if you like, an extension of the Human Genome Project in a sense. It's extending that to the rest of the species on the planet. So it's a ray of hope for the Amazon if it can be implemented. Wow. So how much will it cost? And is it likely to make a lot of money in the long term? I mean, when you talk about using the blockchain to return profits to local communities, is this potentially a profitable enterprise in the long run? Yes. Well, let's see. To go over the costs, the Human Genome Project apparently cost $4.8 billion and generated $65 for the U.S. economy for every public dollar that was invested And this project, the entire project that includes the Amazon, which they call the Earth Biogenome Project, is expected to cost $4.7 billion to complete. And if we go by past products that have been developed out of Amazon organic material, we can see that there are huge profits to be made, especially in pharmaceuticals. But there are also other ways of using the intellectual property that's embedded in the Amazon, if you like. For instance, there's scientists who are studying the traffic patterns of soldier ants to try to develop autonomous vehicles. And there are other processes in the Amazon that are being studied that can be used or that people think can be developed as technology. So the backers of the project say that the proceeds could be billions of dollars in the long run. But it's just a matter of actually implementing it and seeing if it works. It's all very new. That sounds like a really fascinating initiative. But all this is happening quite late in the day for the world's rainforests. Do you think there's enough time to see results? And could something like this set a precedent for efforts to save forests elsewhere? Yeah, I think there's time. There's still time. I mean, Brazil has deforested 20% of the Amazon rainforest, which is, you know, when you think about the other biomes in Brazil, such as the Atlantic forest, it's not much. The Atlantic forest has almost been wiped out. So the Amazon is still there to be protected. I think it depends a lot on global pressure on Brazil, as well as pressure from within Brazil. There's a lot of support within Brazil to save the Amazon. So it depends a lot on people mobilizing to make sure that those unethical sectors of agriculture, of mining and logging, are not allowed to get out of control. If they can keep deforestation at the same rates, there would be time for a project like this to produce results. But then you get to the other problem, which is once the money starts coming back into the Amazon region, you have to have competent, clean government and clean governance within the local communities to make use of this money. Because it's one thing to generate the money, but then it's another thing to actually distribute it and make sure it's spent wisely. And you know, as we know, there's been a lot of corruption problems in Brazil over the past five years. So... There's a lot of unknowns, but it's a ray of hope. It's an innovative way to use new technology to try to solve this very old problem of deforestation in the Amazon. That was Leslie Hook talking to our Brazil Bureau Chief, Joe Leahy. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, look out for our news headline show called FD News Briefing, which you can find on all the usual podcast platforms and at ft.com forward slash news briefing. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. 
Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.